Bearden Bears fans, another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast coming your way. New week, DC's in place. We got to get Lance's thoughts on what we're going to see from the Chicago Bears and the new defensive coordinator Eric Washington. Also, playoffs. Amazing championship weekend. Some questions still on one side, some answers on the other maybe. Love what we saw this weekend. Very excited and I'm sorry, bro. Y'all Michigan tears don't move me. So we'll talk about all that and more on today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Leave that five-star review. Y'all know what to do. Lance, what's going on, my guy? How you feeling, man? I'm good. I'm I'm good, you know. I'm as healthy as, as a guy can be at this point, you know, with considering years of football wear and tear and all that, all the, you know, the, the, the mental stress and breakdown and, all the good stuff. Not, Bears not making the playoffs again, <laughs> you know. And that's uh, the mental stress. Yeah, yeah, you know. And, and then the you know the Packers have another good quarterback. Whoa, you know. <sighs> you you know, had to bring that up, and then you just had to like a little jab twist I, right there. All things considered. You know, all things considered. <laughs> We we forget about that in the offseason. We don't focus on the Packers quarterback situation in the offseason. My goal is to make sure that I I, I find a way to have a smile on my face every day. Hey, that's how I live my life. I wake up with a smile on my face. I'm singing some kind of song. I usually usually start the day with a little Aretha Franklin or some... uh, Aretha? Oh, I, I love me some Aretha. I do some Etta James out there. Yeah, my grandparents was big in my life, so I take it back. And then uh, midday, that's when Zapp and Rogers comes in. Okay. And then uh, by the end of the night, Lil Wayne. Okay. So yeah. you, you wake up with a smile, you go to bed with a smile. Okay. Oh, you got to. got to. Uh, different kind of smile, and that's it. Never mind. Hey, I uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in this show. <laughs> Let's jump into the show, Lance, because the Bears made moves this weekend. Of course, I dropped the update video on the channel and on the podcast side talking about what Eric Washington could bring to the Chicago Bears. But the Bears go out and they get the Bills defensive line coach and assistant head coach uh, as their new D.C. But with the caveat, uh, as reported by Tom Pelissero, that Matt Eberflus will still call the plays. That level of continuity still remains there. When you hear about this higher Lance, what does this tell you that the Bears were looking for in a DC? And what do you feel like this is going to do for the team? Well, you oh. know, I'm uh, I'm very familiar with Coach E. You know, um, um, we were there together. You know, uh, in in Chicago for a few yeah. years, and uh, so so you know, there's a lot of comfort there in knowing. That there's a, that the, that the defense is in good hands. You know, Chris Harris was one of those guys that that came in. Defense is in good hands. Coach, defense is in good hands. Um, and I think probably the biggest difference between um, between Ian and uh, Chris is that um, if Irplu says, "Hey, listen, I'm in, I want to be in a position where I want to continue to call the plays," then this is probably a better fit for E than it is for Chris Harris. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, want a guy that's listen. You know, you're gonna bring me in. I want to drive. I'm gonna drive the ship. You know, and I think um, I think Coach E, he's he's like, listen, it's a great opportunity, you know, and when you need me to drive the ship, I'll drive the ship, you know, but 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 uh, we're going to we'll work together, work together and we'll get better. You know, I think it's a great opportunity for him. And I think at, at some point, you know, uh, along the lines, you know, once um, once uh, Eberflus realizes that, hey, man, this guy does know how to call these plays or, or we're very comfortable with each other and how we, you know, make sure that our our minds are aligned and how we play, how we 
uh, call our plays, then I think he'll probably hand it off to him. It, when you, of course, right, with, with him being a part of the coaching tree coming from that lovey, what kind of mindset do you think he brings in uh, that that will work well with what Flus has already done? I love the continuity that we get. Now you're adding this different dynamic into it that feels like, you know, we've seen what those lovey defenses, what your defenses were able to do on a field. What does he bring to this situation that we have here currently? Well, I'm... A, I'm when it comes to DCs, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan. I'm a much bigger fan of DCs that are uh, former D linemen rather than that are former uh, uh, defensive backs. You know, and you always have this this you always have this 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 kind of uh, favoring. You know, when you have defensive backfield that heavily favors you know your defensive backs, and then you know, and and it's kind of in the middle with the uh, with the the linebackers, but. On the when you have a defensive lineman, they understand. You know, listen, we got to win our one on ones. We have to. There's a timing here that we have to affect the the the, the passer for our DBs to flourish. You know, and so right. it, you know, and it, and and and, and it, it's not cover and rush. It's rush and cover. So you know, it starts up front, and you have a guy that understands that it starts up front. We have to stop the run. He understands all those intricacies of of uh, gap. Uh, of getting in your gaps, you know, being gap sound. And uh, and so I think uh, what he's also going to bring here, you know, in this defense, you have rules, you know, you have rules and, and, and uh, there's no gray area. You don't get the gray area, you know? So, so with that being said, you know, if, if mistakes happen, you're going to see them right now and we're going to get them corrected. It's not, it's not a rocket science, you know, it's simple. Do your job. That's what it do your job and we'll be fine. You know, yeah. and, They've done a good job of doing that uh, this past year. And I think um, um, sky's the limit once they start adding pieces. I think what's interesting is, right, when we look at this Bears team, I feel like the coordinators that they went after, while they, Eric Washington maybe a little bit less, but kind of when you see both of them, it seems like they're very specific guys for what the Bears needed a lot of last season, right, as far as development-wise. When I look at Shane Waldron, he comes with a lot of the resume, at least last season, that people say Luke gets he struggled with. But the one thing that we heard that sticks out is this guy's going to get the most out of his quarterback no matter what situation he's in. Mm. We need to develop the quarterback. When I hear from Eric Washington, that D-line coach, we know what those Bills defensive lines were. We know the defensive lines that he's been a part of yeah. in his history. That tells me that the Bears went into this basically going, we need more development on the defensive line. We got two young guys in Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. You would assume you're probably going to go get some more guys in the draft that are going to need to develop on that defensive line. Like This, to me, was a move that sounded like, on both coordinators, but especially with Eric Washington, we realized where we need to develop most, and that's something that probably we haven't done enough of in our past. I think what I was... Um um, looking for or more most interested in when it comes to the defensive coordinator hire or is is there going to be a familiar name you know mm-hmm. think that is because you know you, you look at a, it's like all right who's he going to hand this thing off to who's the who can you trust you know and so the, I, there's enough guys that I've, I've known I was coached with coached by played with that are coaching now that I know know what they're doing when it comes to this defense, you know, and so and there's a long list of guys, you know, what I mean, so you could just like get to start with Ron Rivera. Yeah. 
start with Ron Rivera, but you know, you throw a name out and you say, Hey, uh, Chris Harris is getting interviewed, man. Trust that guy, you know, bears hired, uh, Eric Washington, coach E trust that guy, yeah. you know, these are guys that I know will come in and they know what they're doing. You know, um, uh, coach E was there with, uh, with Rod Marinelli, you know, and, and, uh, and they coached together. There's a lot of tutelage there, you know, and that's, uh, he, he's under, uh, Eberflus, is a is a Rod Marinelli guy, you know. All these guys uh, uh, really learn from from some of these older guys, man. And it's uh, it's just really cool to see that uh, that those are the guys that they were they were not only considering but hiring. You feel like he's going to be one of those guys that Flus eventually is able to pass the the torch to, basically, and say, "I wanted to come in here and be the CEO. You're calling the plays now. I'm out. I mean, I'm 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 running the team now. You're going to get the chance because he has called plays before. He called plays in Carolina in eighteen nineteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't it wasn't amazing. I'm not gonna say it was stellar, but it was it was okay. I don't think they had the most elite talent either. But yeah, I mean, no, I mean, 18, 19. I'm thinking it was. I'm wondering if Wilkes was still was there. You know, during all those years. Um, yeah, I know he was in Arizona for one year, but before he was in Carol, uh, he was in Arizona. He was in Carolina, and uh, I remember you know just talking to them about you know rules and things, and they had got things they had gotten away from yeah. that we're doing together in the Bears, and like we got to get back to doing that right there, you know. And so it's it's different, you know, it's different with each year and each coordinator and each area that you're in and philosophies and all that stuff. It's it's uh, it's it's unique. To say the least, you know, um, but it's, but it's, but you know, but I know where he comes from, you know, yeah. you know where a guy comes from, you know what, what he's, uh, what he's about. So, so you get, get him in the right mix. And, and I think eventually, eventually, <clears throat> um, once they, you know, and, and really it comes down to, you know, what would you run on in this situation? I'd run this, you know, what would you run in this situation? This is what I would run. You know, you have those, you have, you have, two or three options on those, on those situations and plays. And you'll get to a point where you guys are verbatim on stuff. And it doesn't make, at that point, it doesn't make sense if I'm the head coach to make calls. Like we're calling the same stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're the same mind, like, you know, and in a lot of ways when we were playing, that's the way it was with, uh, with our coaches there, you know, Brian and, and uh, coach would ask him, what would you run on this one? And Brian would say exactly what the coach was saying. And he'd say, Lance, what would you run? I'm blitzing the wheel line, weak side backer every time. You know, <laughs> like, oh, of course you are. Yeah, <laughs> we knew, right. But we knew, we knew exactly what the, what the coaches wanted. So they, they were like, we don't even need to call. We, we, we were going to experiment and say, hey, what you guys call the plays. We're not even going to call anything. It got to that point. Yeah. That's what I, I think that's kind of what I mean by passing on the torch. You know, if we're the same mind, you don't, you don't need the head coach calling the plays. <laughs> that's, 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 that's probably why they asked Brian first. I'm not going to lie to you. He's the mic. He's the mic. You know, and, and I don't want to give the same answer that he gave, you know? <laughs> Lance, what are you doing? I'm blitzing. I'm going. Listen, I, you see it right there? I'm blitzing. I'm free. Yep, free. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I guess it, here's here's the number one question that I saw in the chat after we uh, uh, dropped the video, dropped the podcast and everything like that on Twitter. What does a defensive coordinator do if he's not the one that is calling plays? You've been a part of that situation, a little bit different, right? Got the, got, but but you've been a part of that situation where Lovey Smith was calling the plays, Lovey Smith was making the big decisions in those moments, stuff like that. But you did have Bob Babbage still on the sideline as your DC. What is the 
um, what is it kind of like, I guess, from the player perspective when you got to like, this is my defensive coordinator, but also we know he's the one that's making the decisions? Um, well, it's, uh, I mean, you know, it's it sucks for the guy that's the defensive coordinator got demoted back down to your, your position, you know, but uh, it, it happens. It happens. You know, he's still putting together the game plan. He's still mm, okay. that game plan. And then, you know, it's just the, the way it's called, you know, I mean, it's not like he doesn't, he doesn't still doesn't know the defense. He just didn't call it right. You know, we didn't, we're not having, we're not finding success and we were successful for the past three years. You know, we were successful for the past three years and now we're having drop off, you know, and we're trying to figure it out. So a lot of it is also, you know, when you, when things go wrong, there's a lot of pointing of the finger, you know, and so it gets to a point where it's like, man, I'm getting as I'm I'm getting questioned by media every day. You know, I'm getting questioned by my superiors every day. We have to find a way to we got to find a way to 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 stop the the you know the bleeding here, you know. And so that happens. That kind of stuff happens. But the D coordinator he's still putting together the game plans. He's setting things up. He's probably tailoring it to the way that that uh, that, that the head coach like Lovey wanted. And then when we get into those games, you know, Lovey's calling the Lovey's calling the plays. You know, it was it's humbling. You know, and you got to lay your egos down. The egos get laid down, and you know it, it was a point where I know um, Bob was, Bob was always the type to kind of repeat stuff a lot. You know, where he would say, you know, well, if you want to do that, you could have to ask the head coach. He's the new D coordinator. You know, what I mean, like I'm I, I'm I'm just a linebacker coach right now. You know, it's, you know, there's sarcasm because you were in a room together. We understand. You know, you, you feel bad, and then yeah. you get a little bit too. But you know, it's one of those things, man. It's so it's still so it's almost right. Like basically what Eric Washington's job is going to be is kind of what our senior defensive analyst that we hired last year is, is doing right. Looking ahead at the teams that you have coming up, putting together the game plan, probably working with I would assume still working heavily with a lot of the guys in practice and things like that. Just on game day, Fluce is the one that's implementing the defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're putting the, the game plan you're putting in together during the week. Um, the, 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 you know, the calls, the, the alignments and things that you want to do against those teams, you're doing that together and you guys are building your, your script, your, your practice script together. So he can, he's calling the plays, probably calling the plays of practice while Iberflus is, is, uh, is, you know, I mean, governing the whole team and walking around and checking, checking on offense and this. It's just when it game time comes around, those same situations, Hebrews already knows those are situations that we want to be in against this personnel and those formations and those, you know, that, those downs and distances. So that's what we're going to, that's what I'm going to call. But he, he will be preparing them for the calls that Hebrews is going to have on Sunday. I'm glad we got somebody that seems like they definitely know uh, what they're doing in here. I was excited about the hire of Eric Washington. I, I thought that, you know, one coming from the Levy Tree. Now, all right, y'all playing with us, y'all. Yeah, y'all know what do what that's gonna do to Bears fans out here. Now oh, we're yeah. flipping tables in the house. We we got a, it's basically Lovey, right? It's kind of Lovey. It's not Lovey, but it's sort of Lovey. It's Lovey ish. It's Lovey ish. Yeah, I mean, listen, right, it, in there. Lovey's in it. If them, if them, uh, Lovey's in the air. E, if that is not a part of the title for this podcast, we have failed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, listen, let's keep this thing moving along. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. A lot of excitement around the Bears for the offseason that keeps inching closer. 
And yesterday was a huge milestone as far as uh, getting to that final step for the offseason being started because our Super Bowl is now set. Kansas City Chiefs versus not the Detroit Lions. Sorry, I'm sorry. San Francisco 49ers going to be in there. I'm a... Listen, y'all know how I am. I'm standing beef anything Detroit. It is what it is. I grew up in an era where Detroit used to take over our stadiums and we would try to get a Detroit sucks chant going and it would basically die halfway through because they were they were more in there than the Bears fans or the Hawks fans. Well, maybe not Bears fans. Bears fans, not so much. We didn't really let people take over our stadium, but Bulls fans, Hawks fans, come on now. Tigers fans, yeah, I mean, like, I lived in an era where Detroit was dominating everything except the football field. Yeah, I mean, so I I don't feel bad for y'all losing. Mm -hmm. I just don't. But, Lance, when you watch that game on Sunday, um, felt like an epic collapse. The only part I felt a little bit bad at was when it got the 28-7, I went, if they blow this, I know how this feels. I would actually feel a little, a little bit of an inkling right here. This part of the heart. If they end up losing this in NFC North fashion, shall we say? Mm-hmm. They found a way to do it. There's a lot of blame being put on Dan Campbell. There's a lot of blame being put on the players. Where do you look at in that collapse in that second half and say? You got to get the job done in this moment. Are you looking at Dan Campbell? Are you looking at the players more? Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. It, it, obviously, I think it falls on the players because, you know, at the, at the end of the game, it's, it, it's never about one play. It's never really – it never is. You know, it's a, it's a full game, you know, of, of plays that were made or not made, you know. Uh, so we can go down the list of 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 reasons why the Detroit Lions lost. Oh yeah, you know, tackling was poor. Their tackling was atrocious. Okay, um, in these big games, you know your big time opportunity for these receivers, they dropped a lot of footballs. They dropped a lot of footballs. Period. You know, and I thought that Jared Goff gave them an opportunity. I thought he put footballs in areas that you can catch them and you can uh, and you can continue drives, extend drives, get yourselves into the end zone. They had so many opportunities. You know, you fumble the ball. Um, and then, you know, the, the 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 not going for the field goal. You knew that was coming. They've done that. That's who they've been. That's who yeah. they, are, you know, and there was going to be no talk of. Uh, before the game, hey, listen, fellas, we are in the we're in the championship game. If we if this moment is presented for us, you know, maybe we should. I think that today we do what's best to get ourselves the best chance to get into the Super Bowl. But that's not who they are, and they haven't said that they were. They never said they were going to do that. They've been the they've been one of the luckiest teams and most risky gambling teams in the NFL. It's paid yeah. off more often than it hasn't. They've lucked out, but that luck ran out um, yesterday. That's just so you know. It, it you want to? I, I don't. I just don't think that it's it's point the finger at Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell has been Dan Campbell all year long. You see, you knew that on fourth down they were going for it. Everybody knew it. Yeah, I knew it. It's not a surprise. I I I thought it was idiotic. Mm-hmm. I did, but 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 they. 
they've been they've made idiotic calls all year and it's and, and it's they fought for it that was yeah. that, that's part of the the new make uh lions they they didn't they didn't become the new make lions by not being bold I mean, listen, if if I send you this picture, just know I'm not trying to kick it. You know, that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. Uh, I just I'm, I'm looking at. I don't know. Right. Because for me, I think the biggest issue I had with the Bears this season was an inconsistency in what your identity was. So when they got to that fourth down moment and maybe I would have hated it more if there wasn't a chance for the player to make the play. I felt like there was still a chance for the play to be successful in a lot of the fourth down situations. But is that the moment to change who you are when you're at the doorstep of going to the Super Bowl? Now, hindsight 2020, right? Yeah, it's the moment because you're not in the Super Bowl. And so I look at it and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess if you kick it, Maybe you go. You would have gone up three at that point at the end of the game, and you're able to win. But like, you tied at three. You would have been tied at three at that point. Yeah, you would have been tied at three if they go down and score a touchdown. You ended up getting a touchdown after that. Could have been a tie game. You don't know what ends up happening, right? But it's just such a that is who they are. Like you said, I I don't like when all of a sudden teams don't become who they've been. Like I look at Lamar Jackson yesterday. And that's not the Lamar Jackson I've watched play quarterback all season. That was a guy that was trying to drop back and be a, a quarterback, a passer, a pocket passer. It didn't that nothing made sense about what they did. Yeah. Nothing and so sense. like I don't I don't like all of a sudden we're here, we have to change what we did. No. To me, it's always if you've done these things the entire way, you should be prepared for the moment to execute them. The Lions in the second half did not look prepared for the moment. Josh Reynolds, my God, I'm sorry. I saw Kadarius Tony go on a rant. I didn't realize it affected you that much. He had to watch it at halftime. Yeah, some, uh, just this, some of these guys, some of these offensive guys, they, they, they. I mean, they're not even just offensive guys. All these coaches, they, do, they, they outthink themselves. They overthink themselves. You know, like get. What do you do? What, what have you done that has been so successful? What is your, what are your strengths? Yeah. You know, what are your strengths? And that's things that you need to lean on the best you can in your game plan. Uh, you know, and I I know that I don't know uh, San Francisco is loaded. I know they're loaded talent wise, but, you know, they they do what they do best. You know, they certainly do what they do best. They'll line their guys up. They'll line up. They'll line up guys eight, nine in the box offensively and run it down your throat. Okay, they're going to run it. If, if they're going to run it to Debo, guess what? They're going to jet sweep to Trent Williams' side. All right, it's coming. If they're going to do it, guess who they're going to do it? Which side they're going to do it to, guys? Here it comes. Yeah. You know, stop it. You know you know what it, what's coming with San Francisco. I'll, I'll ask you this in the second half. Did you feel like if there's any sin to me and what we saw in Detroit, I don't look at the fourth down things. I, the drops are are bad, but. You know, like, I guess that's football. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes the, the football gods are against you. But to me, the fact that they just gave up the run. Now, I know San Francisco came out defensively and absolutely changed how they were attacking the yeah. run. Like, the first half and the second half were completely yeah. different. But eight and rushes. Well, the other thing, too, the other thing that that, that really was a backbreaker was uh, uh, Purdy scrambling. Purdy yeah. 
scrambling yes. and extending those drop that those were back breakers. Hey, nobody me? saw that coming, dog. When I tell you, you could have predicted the whole season. Nobody saw Brock Purdy out there looking like he was a young Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Mm-mm. I squinted. I was like, is that Vic? What's Vic doing out there? I thought his playing mm-hmm. days was over. <laughs> that was backbreaking right there, man. I'm telling you. But did it do you feel like the Lions gave up on the run a little too quick? Only eight rushes in the second half. I mean, you were up for the third quarter and you really didn't run it at all in the third quarter. Yeah, I well it's it's it, there's a lot. There's a lot. I, I and I, when I look at that game, the 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 Lions they they really had opportunities. They yeah. had opportunities. I I didn't. I thought I did. I thought their game plan was pretty good. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good because it, it, you know a game plan is good when a, when a receiver has a, a big window. You know he just drops it. You know a, 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 a DB goes up, should have the interception, bounces off of him, and it, you know. There were some, those are the crazy things that happen in games, you know, but at the same time, I saw way too many opportunities that they didn't seize. And that's the reason why they're not in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me as a Bears fan when I saw the ball bounce off Kendall Vildor's face that just went, I've seen that before. Y'all should have known that was coming. <laughs> I've, I've watched that for three years. So I'm like, Y'all known that. What's he doing back there? That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> that's tough. Hey, he's in the he's in the playoffs. He's been in the championship game. Yeah, hey, right? big shout out to him. But uh y'all should have seen that drop coming. Off his face to the catch from Ayuk is crazy though. Uh-huh. Like no, that part is crazy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like, no, it's, it's uh, and you hate to see it though, man. You, you're like, doggone it. Like <laughs> and you the you know, uh, is this the way that football gods are gonna treat us today? Yeah. You know. Um, is it, it's it's so interesting too because right like I think when you look at the other side with Brock Purdy what he did how he ran the ball do you feel like he silenced a lot of the critics yesterday I was watching first take uh, um, before I got on and Shannon basically said Brock Purdy had two interceptions that should have been thrown that Detroit was too dumb to basically bring in like <laughs> the one that bounces off of Kendall Vildor's face. Yeah. was an easy pick, right? You had the overthrow in the corner. That should have been a pick, but those are plays where uh, the, the one-hand catch that, that uh, um, what was that? Was that Ayuk? I think he went up and got that one as well. Like, there was some, it, some, listen, in the playoffs, it takes magic, but there was some magic that saved Purdy on that narrative. Do you feel like um, Purdy silenced a lot of the doubters in him? Hey, man, you know, in those situations, you know, you <laughs> I'd rather be lucky than, than losing, you know what I mean? Than sorry, shoot. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm, shoot, you can say that going the other way around, too, with the, for the other teams, you know? Um, yeah, you know, the, in, in uh, Baltimore, you know, they the luck fell on the other, other side of the foot when Zay tried to reach for the end zone. Yeah. It's a game of inches. See, you know? see that, that game, that's not luck to me. That is an elite defense that utilize the things that they've learned all season because you've seen that same punch in your career a million times. Yeah. A peanut oh, punch at the he, right time. He definitely was going for it. He was yeah. definitely going for it. And had he have not thought to go for it, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Wouldn't That's have happened. 
You know, yeah, he had he the thought, man, oh, he's got the cuts, he's got the touchdown. If you don't yeah. fight for every inch in football, then that play never happens. That's why we try to tell people don't give up. Oh, I, well, in the game, I know I'll, I'll do it in the game. You know, I'm just this is practice. So you don't just do it here. You know, no, you practice what you're going to do in the game every time. Yeah, they the, those players didn't last long with y'all, did they? They, they were the ones that it was like you on a one year deal, right? You on a, yeah, all right, cool. We go, <laughs> we'll yeah. deal with it for a little while. I, I guess like when you when you look at the other side, the AFC game, right? And and to speak to that, I mean, two very different games. What was your thought process on the Ravens game plan as a whole throughout that game? I thought the defense played defense played well enough to go up against that Kansas City offense that has been very up and down. There's some misplays that definitely you can't let get away from you. But I mean, that was a game where your offense basically just said uh, everything that we can do to shoot ourselves in the foot. Let's do that. Um, I think that the Ravens defense took the Chiefs offense's best punches, like on the chin, pow, 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 pow. Yep. No, and and didn't didn't hit the canvas. They stayed up. They were dizzy a little bit. They went on a Kansas City went on a nine minute drive. Yep, nine minute touchdown drive, and then you saw the Ravens defense make some crucial stops, crucial stops. You know, uh, and and so with that being said, like you know offensively it was just, it was just it was sad to watch man I'm like what are, what are you guys doing yeah you, you ran the ball all doggone year long and now you don't want to run the ball at all they're sending five at least five or six guys every play they're sending at least five i i it is rare that i saw Kansas City only send four they were showing six or seven and they were bringing at least five you know like we gotta we don't have an answer for this we, we're gonna just sit you back there and not have any quick passes like want you to sit back and wait for these routes to develop yeah this you know and um, kudos to uh kansas city's defense they, they're some dogs boy. It, I, I love their defense. I think it's one of the most under-talked about stories this year because all the talk has been on what's wrong with the with the Chiefs' offense. Why can't the Chiefs get enough points? Why can't the Chiefs go out there and score points? And I'm like, listen, I, I get it. I, I've been saying this all season. Like, I get Kadarius Tony bad, right? I don't know what what's going on with him, but bad. Uh, uh, <laughs> MVS bad, right? Travis Kelsey getting older, but you know he'll turn it on in the right moment. Can we talk about the fact that they ain't gave up twenty five plus points, but two times this season? Big. This has been the most under talked about top five defense I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he said it. You know, Holmes has said it. Like he, our defense has carried us this year. Uh, and um. Shoot, man! I just I, I'm I, I was I was I was impressed by I was impressed by the way they get pressure. I mean, uh, <laughs> they were dominant, man. They were dominant up front, and I, I I'm looking at the the Baltimore Ravens uh, offensive line. I'm like, man, this is they're true. They're 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 cutting them up like Swiss cheese right now. Did it feel like the, the defense did because they were bringing so much pressure? That's what stopped Lamar from being able to utilize his legs, which. We know is is a is a backbreaker. If you were, like, there were times where Lamar. There was one time Lamar got out on the run, and I swear it. Like I was like, "Where's the breakaway speed?" But there was a defender right there, right in his face, ready to make a tackle. Like they were all over Lamar all day. Yeah, it, I, I, again, um, 
82% drop back, drop back percentage. Yeah. This didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, and I feel like they they didn't give themselves uh, much of a chance. You know, I thought there was some overthinking there. Uh, you know, I, I, what I did see, I, I saw some, uh, some, some like quick, quick uh, wide receiver bubble screens, that type of stuff. Maybe they were trying to give it to the edge right now. So that that would be considered a run play, you know, but um, they've done a great job of running the ball this year. You know, why not, why not lean on that and go to some play action, do some of the stuff that you guys were really successful with this year. It feels like I'm not going to lie. I thought about you when I was watching the game because you always say offensive guys outsmart themselves. Yeah. And I was watching the Ravens game and I was like, their OC is really outsmarting himself. All of a sudden he wants to make Lamar Jackson this pocket passer. And it's not to say that Lamar hasn't evolved immensely as a pocket passer this season. I think he's thrown the ball well, but there's one thing on the field to me. And I do think defenses see this more often than offenses do. When there's one thing on the field that you do ridiculously well, you continue to do that. And it seems like offenses always go, oh, we could do something else. We could do something a little bit different. Because there's one thing that you know is elite, and that's Lamar's legs. You, you got to also understand this, too, that the, the defensive backs from uh, Kansas City, they know that their pass rush is for real. Yeah. And you do, like, you play tighter coverage. Like, you're pressing. You're going to stick stick on guys because the thing that, that – the one of the biggest, the biggest threat for uh, for uh, uh, man coverage, running across the field. You know, you run across the field, you know what I mean, and, and, and uh, you can't – you know, depending on the angle, you can't stop them from running across the field, but it takes time to go from one side of the field to the other. You know, in man coverage, that's what you do. In zone coverage, you stop and find the window. Right. You know? So, but when you have uh, you have a pass rush that's getting there in three seconds, you're not worried about him going all the way across the field. He'll never make it. He'll never make it. So, you want to run this deep route? Oh, oh yeah. I'm. I know. I'm. I'm fighting on the deep route right now because he don't have time to make it there. Yeah. All right? You, what you're going to do is you're going to do a stop route at some point. You're going to stop because you don't have time to go in this deep route. He, if the ball's not out right now, it's a short route right now. You know, so it's there. There's it doesn't play to a, a just 82 percent drop back pass when your pass rush is getting there in three seconds. And this is what we're talking about. Go get a a superior three technique. All right, so yeah. that pass rush. Gets there, and your DBs, and I believe our DBs are better than theirs. Now we get that three that. pass rush. We get that three second pass rush. I'm telling you right now, we'll beat the numbers that that Kansas City put up this year. It's gonna really. I'm really gonna be intrigued to see kind of what the Bears do at three technique because we did see some improvement from Javon Dexter at the end of the year. Is bringing in Eric Washington going to be? We're going to develop this kid into what he's supposed to be. Yurko's literally like Yurko said. Said Friday, he was like, "Eric, I need you to help me with this," and it, hopefully he he's able to see it. I'm getting Santana Dotson tape together to to make sure that this kid sees it because that's who he needs to be studying. I'm like, I love the the belief in what the Bears have here, but I do wonder if they're going to go out and get a veteran guy who's done that, or if maybe you draft somebody in the draft. You said you found couple of three techniques that you can get in this draft that uh, feel really confident about plugging in pretty much day one. So I'm that's going to be a game changer defensively for the Bears. And you saw it, right? Like Chris Jones didn't. I don't believe Chris Jones had a sack yesterday, but you knew he was on that field. He His presence was felt. His presence, 
He's an animal. Like I would, I, if if I guess, let me ask you this then. Off of him, let's put it like that. Yeah, let me ask you this then. If because Chris Jones basically, they either pay him or they don't pay him, and they franchise tag him. That's like thirty three million dollars. If he's out there, he's twenty nine years old. He'll be in his age thirty season coming up. Do you go try and get him? It's hard to say no about that one. It's know. a lot of money though gonna bring the he, yeah i mean it's, it's a, he's worth every dime oh yeah no he's absolutely worth every dime <laughs> every dime you know you have a leader right now or you have a leader in your interior on your defense um yeah i i would i you know i think he's a i think he's a can't say no prospect you know but i'm not on the i'm not i'm not on the bears staff i'm not picking him but i would walk in and say hey poles hey uh we need that guy right now a little little uh, Chris Jones Montez sweat action over there. That's oh, that's dangerous. Yes, that's dangerous. Yep, changes who you draft too. Changes, changes the draft board a little bit too. What do you want to do? You know, let me go get an edge. Let me go get an edge. This is it's it's gonna be a fun off season. I'll say that much because there's so many different players that we can look at. But now with the Super Bowl set. What's your expectation in this Super Bowl, Lance? You got the Niners, you got the Chiefs. I think everybody in their mind is sitting there going, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, we're going to have a 38-36 Super Bowl. And I'm sitting here looking at the team's defenses on both sides, and I'm like, this Super Bowl is going to end 14-10, to 10, isn't it? This Super Bowl, I think, will be um, it'll be in the, the low 20s, the, the high teens, the low 20s, right around that range. You know, and but I don't think I don't I don't see it being a high scoring deal. These defenses can play. Yeah, can play. Brock Purdy is going to have he's going he's going to have to get that ball out. You know, they're going to be on him. You know, you go you saw that they he's going he knows that they're bringing five at least five each time. You know, so but I, I think they'll have a good game plan of where they want that ball to go right now. Yeah, it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be tough. The part that's going to be tough is to see. Are the Chiefs dictating uh, uh, um, w- what the run game ended up being versus the Ravens, right? Because you got CMC on this team. You've got Debo on this team. Are they going to be as effective in this game, in the run game at all? Is Purdy going to use them legs a little bit? Hey, that's a new wrinkle in the game plan now. Nobody saw that one coming. Purdy running. Well, you know, going into the third quarter, um, Travis Kelsey had something like 10, in a, 10 catches, 10 or 11 mm-hmm. catches. You know, it's it's defensively. You gotta you gotta see the tendency. Of where's where is he lining up, and what routes are you running? What, what routes are what routes? What Travis routes? Kelsey had nine targets, nine yeah. receptions, ninety six yards, one touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, and so it's it's like listen. You know, he ran a he ran like a a, a, a deep kind of a, a hook mm-hmm. hook and. Um, the linebacker didn't press all the way over, you know, and he kind of got got uh, uh, clipped by one of the inside receivers, and they had motioned over to a trips trips uh, uh, trips formation. I'm like, man, you have to know that this route is probably coming, you know. So I think, you know, from a defensive standpoint, knowing where their 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 reception leaders are, knowing what routes they run, you know, and knowing how you need to defend those routes, you got to recognize it pre-snap. That way, you can get yourself in position to play it. So. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I think that the, the, the Chiefs have some guys, some go-to guys. So you get to know where what routes those go-to guys like to use. 
how do you, I guess, how do you stop a tight end that good? Because I think about the tight ends that you guys went against, right? Like Antonio Gates, I don't remember him ever really having, he had like nice games, but I don't remember him having like a crazy day against you guys. Gronk has had some really good days. How do you stop those guys when like, I look at Kelsey and I, every single time I go, how's he open? Every year. (laughs) Every he, single year, I'm just how's he open? He's six seven. He, he's too wide open. Yeah. Oh, and, and so for me, it's like, man, did you guys did you guys did you watch tape this week? Did, were you guys practicing against this route this week? No. There's no way that he should be that open. When I'm looking across the field pre-snap, and I'm look the the guys I'm looking for is where's 87? Because 87 is a guy that typically. I'm going to be closer to than usually the receivers, so I can I can tip, I can I should be able to affect his game if I'm the free player, you know. If I'm a hook player and he and he comes anywhere like the routes that I'm used to, I'm going to give him I'm going to give him a little chip, you yeah. know. I'm, I'm trying to try to knock him off his path and then get into my get into my drop or get into my zone. But those are things that you you know you got to know why where a guy like him in particular. I remember we played against Jimmy Graham. And before we played Jimmy Graham at the Saints, it's like he's the leading receiver on their team right now, you know, and, and, and Drew Brees is going to him all the time. So one of the things I did, you know, we were in cover two, and I forget what, what alignment we were in, but Jimmy Graham was aligned close to me. He released, pow, I hit him. He tapped like this. I want to come off. He was like, I got to get off. I want to come off. But Drew, it, he, was no longer, uh, he was no longer an option for Drew on that play. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, and that's what, that's what I'm just playing. Be heads up, man. It's so, it's so crazy to me. Like I literally, I watch Kelsey every year and I, I mean, listen, he's going against some really good defenses. I'm not going to act like, Hey, he went up against the bills a couple years ago when, when they go to the super bowl and went up, but it's just, I swear every game I watch him, I'm just like, is he doing something to like throw defense? Cause he always like, I swear there's always like five yards of space around him. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with and man, you. I guess, I guess when you're a tight end of that ilk, especially in the modern era, maybe you feel like, man, if I'm anywhere near this guy, it's a flag coming our way. <laughs> and it's, it's weird. I, it just seems like uh, because he is, he's, he's way too open to be that big of a guy, that big <laughs> of a target, and everybody know that that's one of his favorite targets. So why are we spot dropping and not dropping toward the the main receiver. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know, dog. I'm, it's going to be interesting to see what San Fran does against him. I love the fact that when you look at a lot of the weapons on both sides, I would say San Fran should have the advantage at everything except tight end and um quarterback, of course, tight end and quarterback and three technique. Yeah. Like I would say, those are the three spots where I'm like, you definitely have the worst option and, there, and, and those are the ones that have killed teams every single year. But listen, um, San Fran's three takes are not shabby either. You know, Eric Armstrong, Armstrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. those guys was in, in that interior. That, that's it's not a drop off. There's no drop off there. No, it's 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 there's dogs on both sides. I'm excited about what this Super Bowl is going to be. I don't think that Pat Mahomes is going to go out there and have a 45 point. At least I hope he doesn't like I I, I want it to be fun. Um, I do have the Chiefs probably winning this one, depending on what injuries come out, and different things like that from the game. But uh, OK, 
It's going to be a fun Super Bowl. You got you got San Fran. You riding with the young fella? NFC, baby. NFC. Yep. Y'all, yep. So y'all y'all still y'all still vibe with that where you want the title to be in your division that you're in. Well, I'm just rude. You know, it, there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into this with San Fran. You yeah. know, that number one, they're NFC. Yeah. Right. Number two, I grew up on San Fran. You know, I grew That's up true. and and you know, I may not I may not cheer for them the way that I used to. I was like, but there's still some love there. There's still yeah. love. You you take it back a little bit. I remember some great memories. And apparently they're gonna do it for every generation. <laughs> Yo, and like you said, you said San Francisco spoiled, Kansas City is spoiled, yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay is spoiled. Man, when I first started watching football, the Niners were winning Super Bowl. So, you know, my first taste of real football, like professional football, was whoa, they're going to the Super Bowl. You know, whoa, we're going to another Super Bowl, you know what I mean? Shoot. Um, I, I cannot say the same, Lance. I cannot say the same. I cannot. Uh, uh, well, I guess not really. I went. To, y'all went to the bowl. Y'all, y'all the bears of my childhood. Y'all went to the bowl. Right. Yeah, but you know, it leaves. A, but it does. It leaves a bitter taste in your mouth about the Detroit fans. Oh yeah, dog. <laughs> listen. And well, you know what? It, it's not even that too. Like I think football wise, the reason I didn't like Detroit was because they would stick up for players that I would look at and I'd be like, how can you be a fan of his? That's not even a, like, he's on my team thing. Like, he's trying to hurt other players in the league. And I mean, like, that was always a, a issue for me when I'd watch the Lions game. Be, or, like, you'd have your Lions fan friends, they'd be like, oh, how can you not like Ndamukong Sue? I was like, because he stepped on a quarterback's face and he couldn't finish the game. Like, okay. that's not my it. guy. I mean, I, I tried to hurt people. Oh, well, well, Lance. I think that I think any good football player, that's what you're trying to do until the whistle blows. Then you hope nobody's hurt. Well, that's the, that's different, though. Trying to hurt somebody during the whistle, I guess. Legally. Like that's just hitting them hard. That's football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But within the rules of the game, that's what I mean. Yeah, okay. I got nervous there, Lance. I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. I am legally trying to hurt you. <laughs> and then when the whistle blows, I hope nobody's hurt. Yeah, that was my problem. And Dominic and Sue wasn't legally trying to hurt nobody. He was trying to illegally stomp everybody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear it's, just, it's just tough for me, man. I just, I don't know. I, I, that's, that's one of those things where I'm like, all right, everybody get up, everybody good, everybody breathing. All right, cool. It, it, he, it, that happened during the play. That's on you. <laughs> I felt that way about Greenlaw yesterday when he hit Laporta and Laporta jumped up and was like, cool. <laughs> I was like, hey. Yeah, get up, get up, get up, Greenlaw. Hey, man, I'm excited for this Super Bowl coming up. I'm excited to get into even more in this Bears offseason. I feel like there's a lot of good football coming Chicago's way, and this is the pivotal offseason to do it, so I can't wait to get it started. For Lance Briggs, I am Pat the Designer. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five-star review. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bear down. Peace.